Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to our third episode where we are talking about Kelly Oakies and now it seems all very confusing because since the last time we made a Our Favorite Kelly Oki's episode, not only has there been about 100 new Kelly Oki's out there, there's now an actual Kelly Oki album. And it's so strange to think that uh, if you would have talked to Jeremy and Pam back in November of last year when we last did a Kelly Oki episode, we would have had no idea what was to come in 2022. Uh, but Pam, we've got a lot of new material to cover in this episode. We do. And, you know, Jeremy and I, we don't know what's on each other's list, but one thing we did just talk to each other about like five minutes ago was most of our picks just happened to be from season three because there was a lot we had not heard yet. And also like the Kellyokis from this season were just chef's kiss. Superb. So we have a lot more to choose from. So Jeremy, do you want to get us started? Yeah, yeah, I can start us down on my list, um, and I'll echo your sentiments. I mean, yeah, there there was a lot of really, really good song choices for Kelly Oki's in season three. Um, I specifically, and, and I know Pam sort of held on to some of her choices that she didn't talk about in our previous uh, iteration of favorite Kelly Oki's. I strictly chose from songs that were released as Kelly Oki's from when the last episode of, about this came out to today. And that covers the the whole rest of season three. I mean, we were very early into the season when we did our last yeah. episode about this. So there was a lot more to choose from. And also a lot more of Kelly's originals to choose from as well. And we'll I'm sure we'll certainly touch on some of those as well. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't make my list yeah. because I just was like, mm, not sure it's going to count for this specific episode. But yes, Kelly Oki Classics. We love them. I want more of them in season four. I love the songs that, you know, I thought Kelly forgot existed. So. <laughs> we'll get more into that later. But Jeremy, yes. feel free to start. Okay, so it's funny because a few days after we, or actually I should say a few days prior to us releasing our last episode talking about our favorite Kelly Okies, Kelly put out what became one of my favorite covers of hers of all time. It became Whoa. the standout song on the Kelly Oki record, and it was just as good when it was a Kelly Oki on the Kelly Clarkson show, and that is Radiohead's Fake Plastic Trees. Um, I mean, I've made no secret to my absolute love of this song. Uh, when we talked to Kyle Whalem a couple of weeks ago, you know, he talked about sort of getting that song as a Kelly Oki. He was instrumental in that. And it was just a few days before we released our last Kelly Oki episode that Fake Plastic Trees made its debut on The Kelly Clarkson Show. And she did it almost identical to how it was recorded for the record. And it was really cool to go back and re-listen to that because I haven't listened to the Kelly Oki version since the Kelly Oki record has come out. Because obviously the record has the full version. Kelly Oki, we're going to get a 90-second version. And it was cool to hear 
the early version of this song in its sort of like the first time they were putting it together and it's still just as good. Yeah, no, that's actually a good point. I have not watched that performance since the EP came out. So that is a good point that I need to do. I did do it for Happier Than Ever just because that was the first thing we had heard from the EP, but Mm -hmm. I haven't done it with any of the other tracks. So now I have some homework to do because my memory is fuzzy on how the live version sounds. Yeah, and it's also cool. I'm sure it's amazing though. (laughs) Yeah, and it is. And it's cool because you go back and the difference between listening on a record and watching the Kelly Oki's, besides the lengths, is you can watch the individual players play their part in the song. You know, you don't always get a visual of what it looks like when people are playing on an album. Well, when she's performing this Kelly Oki on the show, it's, like I said, nearly identical to what was laid down on tape for the album. So you get to watch everybody playing their parts, and it just it enhances the whole experience of enjoyment of that song and i mean it it definitely didn't make me change my mind in that i think it's if not the best cover she's ever done it's definitely in my top five wow that is a bold statement i know but i mean and i think it helps that we have so much backstory on this one particular song between kyle's contributions seeing the kelly and then seeing the version on the album there's just a lot of material to give credence to this being one of her best ever covers. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, where do I start? I don't even know <laughs> where to begin of which song do I pick. Um, I think I'm going to go with Crazy by Aerosmith. I have this on my list, too. Do you? Yeah. I, you know, I was really trying to avoid songs that oh, I thought no. you were going to pick. Look, I mean, uh, th- look, there, there are... Good, so there many. are good performances, and then there's some great performances. I put this down as one of the great performances. Yeah. I think the reason why I chose this is because there is something very different about her, her Kelly Oki's when you know that she knows the song. Yeah. Not like, oh, yeah, I know the song. I practice a bit, and like I'm familiar with the song. No, she knows this, and you know she's known this since she was a kid because we, we know she loves Aerosmith. She loves Steven Tyler. And – it's just from the first like twenty seconds, she just looking. She's look. She looks in the camera, and you can tell like she's like, "I got this. This is my song. Yep. I've been singing this since I was a kid." And it's she's just singing from the heart. I don't have a ton of notes on it, but it just made it more special because it's something you know she's been listening to for years. She hits a ton of high notes, a la Steven Tyler. Is this her first time covering this? Um. Because she's done a lot of Aerosmith, but I yeah. don't know if she's done this one before, which is surprising. I want to. There's a part of me that says that she's covered this song before, but again, there there are so many covers in her catalog to go through, and I know she's covered a bunch of Aerosmith. You know, she uh, she did a very well known version of "Crying," which is on the same album as "Crazy." Yes. So, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yes. But I don't oh. I don't know for certain if it's the first time for sure. I'm I'm I don't know. Part of me wants to say it is, but I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I don't have a ton of notes, which maybe wasn't the best first song for me to pick. <laughs> but oops. But it's just she just she just looks so confident. That's mm-hmm. really what really drew me to this performance. Yeah. 
Uh, my next choice is an artist that when she covers it, she always brings it and brings it hard. And maybe it's because the source material is so good that it brings out a little something extra from Kelly. Uh, I chose What Have You Done For Me Lately by Janet Jackson. That was on my 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 short list. Yeah. Now, she did Escapade earlier in the season uh, of season three. And I have to say, every time she does Janet Jackson, man, she comes correct. Like, she does a fantastic job with every Janet Jackson song. But it is to be said, Janet Jackson has some great songs. And it is very easy to have a high energy performance, especially when it comes to this song in particular. Um, I love this song. I've always loved this song. It comes from a great album and Kelly nailed it. And it's just a, a lot of fun to hear her cover this tune. I would love to actually hear uh, a full version of this. This is like another, it's just like the Aerosmith. I think Aerosmith, Janet Jackson, the artist I'm about to pick next are all songs that She's either been covering forever or she grew up with. And you can tell that the songs come from a different place. They're not just like, oh, yeah, they're just going to be some karaoke performances. They're actually like, no, these are lived experiences. These are memories. And it really shows differently when she's singing. So my next one, that being said, I'm wondering if you have this one as well, is Uninvited by Alanis Morissette. I have both of the Alanis covers uh, written down. Okay. I, I only I picked knew, one. I knew you were going to choose this. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm predictable. I didn't do hands clean because I was like, Jeremy may have that. Oh, well, then never mind. I take that back. We have three. So, Uninvited. It is so haunting. I mean, it's a haunting song to begin with, but the way that it's set up on Kalioki, it's just Kelly singing and Jason on the piano. You can hear the band, but you don't see them. And I think what makes it creepier is that the cameraman just does like kind of just pans and does circles around her. Mm -hmm. So you're not like, Oh, you know, close up of Kyle, close up of Jesse. No, it's literally just Kelly and Jason back and forth. Maybe some shots of Kelly and that's it. It's a very haunting song and it's even more haunting because there's no buildup. It's kind of just, at least in this version, not the actual studio version, but I mean, this song, you know, Alanis is obviously known for, like, super emotional, raw lyrics. And I think that, I mean, I don't want to speak for Kelly, but I'm guessing during this very challenging time in Kelly's life, she's been turning a lot more to Alanis, hence why we got so many covers this season. And this one in particular is just pulls at my heartstrings. Mm -hmm. And it's just, she sounds flawless. Yeah. Yeah, and she, um, and I'll kind of wrap this into my next selection because I chose an Atlanta song that she did almost not even a month later, uh, which is rare for her to cover the same artist so quickly yeah. together. Uh, but about a month later in one of the final episodes of the season, she did ironic and she does Alanis really, really well. She can like, she can mimic Alanis as we've learned mm -hmm. from that Jimmy Fallon thing. Yes, but, for sure. Whew. And you know, yes, the hands clean uh, cover is really good, too. But I think because I wrote down uninvited and ironic, I just I packaged them together because, A, okay. they were done so closely together and they were both equally fantastic performances. And so I really, really love when she does Alanis because I think that she. There is something about their voices. Now, I'm not trying to say that Alanis has as good a voice as Kelly. 
but they're different. They're different, but but Kelly can settle into Alanis's level very very well, and I love when she covers her songs. Oh, she's so good. Oh, I love her. The next song on my list is one that I wasn't expecting to include, but I chose. It's actually a fairly recent interest on the last I don't know, year or two. Um, Meet Me at Our Spot by The Anxiety, mm-hmm. which is Willow Smith. Um, that's her side project with someone named Tyler Cole. I don't know who he is. But this song, the original song, it's it's very interesting. It's it's kind of – it's not a set, not a super sad song, but it's just a very real song. So it has little hints lyrically of being kind of sad, being kind of like depressed – but also there is a bit of love in it. It's a very cr- creatively written song. And the way that Kelly sings it, I'm going to preface, it's it's good. It's not like, oh my God, mind-blowing, the best cover she's done. I chose it because I just thought she really invoked the emotion so well. And it's it's a very visual song, lyrically. It's very melancholy. So I think she did a really good job with that. Also, but the the way that the song gets less depressing was from the background vocals from Jesse and whoever the other background singer was. They had so much fun with this. Mm-hmm. They're going like, woo, <laughs> like all that stuff throughout. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's when you take depressing lyrics and fun background vocals, it makes for a very interesting performance. And I think they nailed it. Yeah, I love that cover, too. Uh, my next choice is by a band that maybe not a ton of people know. Uh, they had some moderate success in 2008, 2009. They're a band called Carolina Liar. And Jeremy, we have the same list. Yes. I swear. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, people, I mean, Kelly fans may be a bit more familiar with them. That's fair. Yeah. Because they did tour together, right? They yeah during the stronger tour with the fray they opened for Kelly and the fray that's right yeah uh, she did a song by Carolina Liar called Show Me What I'm Looking For and I've uh, I've got a little bit of history with this band I've I've had a chance to to interact with them a couple of times if you don't know them they're actually a really cool like Southern roots rock band but yet they've got Swedish members which is super cool um, but this song is just a big fun up tempo pop rock song and again that's where Kelly eats. And so um, she does a fantastic cover of this, just real big vocals and big sound from the band. I This was such a surprise for me. I think that's maybe one of the reasons why it's living on my list is because it was such a shock to me that she remembered who this band was, remembered the song and chose to cover it. I would love to know who in the band, because now that we know that every band member sort of contributes to the pile of songs that are under consideration i would love to know whose consideration this was whether it be kelly herself or maybe it was jason or or somebody who remembers touring with that band uh back on the stronger tour i love that she did this song and i loved the version she did i was gonna say it probably could easily could have been jason or maybe kelly i think those are the only two that maybe i mean we could be wrong but they were the only two out of my band y'all that were on the Stronger Tour yeah. 10 years ago. Same thing. I, I've i always loved this song. I remember being a fan of the song even before they opened for Kelly, and I was even more excited that I was like, oh, cool, they're going to be on the bill with her. And I didn't have crazy expectations for this cover. Like, I liked the song, but I was like, all right, I don't really know what they can do with it. They exceeded 
my expectations mm-hmm. so much. I think I love that she started the song in like a very lower register mm-hmm. and then the whole rest of the thing she's just wailing. Yeah. It it's really cool. And there's there's a lot of layers. It builds up, it builds up and as weird as this may sound and I probably shouldn't be talking, but like it almost <laughs> sounds like something you'd hear at like church. It's just so like theatrical uh-huh. and like big and it, i don't know it just made me want to be like put my hands in the air and i don't know <laughs> um it just they they killed it they killed it yeah i don't really have any other notes but it's if you haven't heard that one definitely check it out it's probably one of the best from the season wow that's big i think it, it, it i think I, I really like it nice all right should i pick next sure go ahead let's see i'm gonna go with Rolling in the Deep. This is the one that I chose. The only, I think the only one that I chose that was not from season three. This is from season two. And I was a little nervous when I first heard it because it starts off like very slow. And I'm like, oh, oh no, is she going to do just like a full acoustic version of Rolling in the Deep? And then, nope, switch it up and then bring out the full band, be a big production. Honestly, it was pretty original or pretty true to the original song. Which isn't always the best thing to do for mm. a cover. And I know Kyle has even told us, like, they sometimes try to stray away from that. But I think this was an example of them sticking to the original and it working really well. And I think this sh- it, it it got a decent amount of traction. Like, the video has over 700,000 views on YouTube. That is a lot. But I thought this should have been a little bit more viral because she covered Adele and yeah. she did it really well because like no one ever really covers Adele. It's very rare that they do because no one wants to be compared to her. Sure. Kelly did it. She nailed it. And I feel like she deserves a bit more credit for this. I definitely agree. So. I mean, she she does the song justice. I mean, Kelly is not Adele, but also Adele is not Kelly Clarkson. Exactly. And I thought that she did a great job with this particular song. And I think of of the covers that I have heard artists attempt to Adele. I mean, Kelly is by far hers is the best. Totally. Because it's like it's the same thing. It's like people covering Whitney Houston. Kelly's done it and she's nailed it. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't cover Adele. So. Hats off to you, Clarkson. <laughs> uh, my next choice, I have a feeling this is also going to be on your list, Pam, unless for some crazy reason you completely oh. forgot about it, which I, I just I can't see this with you. So I apologize because I think I'm stealing one of yours. I put down her cover of Sarah Bareilles from the musical Waitress. She used to be mine. I purposely did it and did not include it because I knew you would. Okay. Look, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know, Pam, if you ranked yours at all. I didn't rank any of mine as far I as like know. best of season or anything. But that, speaking of which, you need to write that down. Best Kellyokis by season, like top five Kellyokis each season. Maybe that's our New next. Episode. Maybe that's our next Kellyoki episode. I'm, gonna, all right. I'm writing this down. Top five of each season. All right. Um, Look, this for me is one of the best performances of the season, of the entire season three. I would even maybe stack it up against the other performances from seasons one and two. She puts so much emotion into this song, which is already an emotional enough song. Plus, they went a little extra by having the choreography 
for the song. The song itself is just such the emotional apex of the show Waitress. If you haven't seen it, it, I mean, it comes at a very, very emotional portion of the show. And Sarah's lyrics are so good. She's just so damn good. And her performance is stellar as it is. But then you give this song to Kelly and holy crap. I mean, it was just, it knocked my socks off. It was easily, easily one of the best. I can't, I, I, I don't know if I'm ready to call it the best because it's, it's up there with fake plastic trees. It's one of the best performances, Kelly Oki wise of season three, probably top five of the entire run of the talk show. Yeah. I, again, I, it was going to be on my list, but I'm like, there's no way Jeremy's not going to have it. So let me just keep it off and I'll choose something else. Yeah. She nailed it. It's, you know, it's another one of those things where it was just pretty much her on stage with the choreography in the background and no other band was on stage. So the focus was on her. And I love when she does like a singer songwriter kind of vibe or a slow song and there are no bells and whistles and not the full band around her because you really get to focus in on her. You get to listen to what she's actually singing rather than just just passively listening or watching. And it this did go viral, rightfully so. Yeah. And it's just another reason why I say every other week that she needs to do Broadway at some point. She does. It's you know, I'm not saying she has to do Waitress. It would be great if she did. But she has the chops for musical theater. That's where she started. And it has not left her. So. Man, you know, I've, I've always had her my in my thoughts of doing a completely different show. But now that you're saying Waitress... Oh man, I would actually love to see She'd be her. An amazing Jenna. She would be a great Jenna. Oh, that would be awesome. Here, I want to hear her do yeah. opening up. Oh, now you've got me thinking about it. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, what better way to go see Waitress with Kelly Clarkson and then the lobby smells like pies? Like, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Like, when I went, it smelled like pies everywhere. Yeah. And. Which made me even happier because, like, who doesn't like pie? Okay, yeah. Pie and good music. Win-win. Yep. I can – oh, yep. That's what I want. I want her to do Waitress. If anyone, if anyone here knows Sarah Bareilles, give her a good uh, recommendation to put Kelly on here, eventually. Here's, yeah, I would say here's the thing because Waitress is, is done on Broadway. It's still touring nationally. For now. It's, you know it always comes back. That's right. What I'm saying is is that they, they let the show rest for, like, 10 yeah. years. And then they bring Kelly back for the revival as Jenna. Give her all the Tonys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, even five years. I mean, who who knows? I mean, because like I I saw it last year and um, it was when Sarah was doing her like, I don't know, six or eight weeks like back by popular demand. So I went like one of the last nights she was on. I'm like, well, if I'm going to see it, I have to see it with the OG. Yeah. Um. But my God, if Kelly were on there, whoo! Forget about it. Sign me up for open opening night. I mean, we <laughs> actually getting tickets, but yeah, wow, yeah. So it's it's solid, and she is made for musical theater. And even if it's not quote unquote Broadway, I wanted her to do something. Yeah, whether that's the NBC thing, you know, a live at a live action, whatever, or she does a touring. I don't know. I'd be down. Cool. I would be down. All right. The next one on my list is ooh, what do I want to pick? Um, I'm gonna go with 
a song that I did not know, and I will admit I did not know until this karaoke, and it is Vincent by Don McLean. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know who Don McLean is, but I didn't know this song existed. And just kind of how I was saying before, I love the songs where it's very stripped down and you just get to hear her and the lyrics. Because I'm very guilty when there's like a an upbeat song or a song with a lot of bells and whistles. I'm not really listening for the lyrics or if I'm not listening to comprehend the lyrics, if that makes any sense. I'm just listening for good vocals and good performance. But when you have a singer-songwriter, folky kind of song... You kind of have to pause for a second, and it forces you to listen to the story that she's saying. So it is a heartbreaking song, heartbreaking lyrics, and she really nails that emotion, and it's so good. And this could be one that I could see her doing on a karaoke EP, even though it's not a super popular household song among the masses. It is stellar it's one of her best ballads i think from this season <laughs> i love it yeah great song good choice uh my next choice is the song that came out in 1990 it was originally on the soundtrack to the movie pretty woman and it's by a band called go west the song is king of wishful thinking this i love this song this is just one of those songs that i can listen to over and over again and i never get tired of it And then when I saw that Kelly was going to be covering it on the show, I was so excited because I'm like, great, a song I really love and an artist that I love, put them together. It's got to be magic. And it was. She does an excellent job on this song. I actually have this particular video saved in my watch later on YouTube. I have a couple of Kelly Oki's that I save in there that I really like, and this is one of them. Uh, It actually reminded me to go through that list and see if there were any that I wanted to use for this episode. But I love this version of the song. Again, like Pam says, I don't have a lot of notes on it, but it's just one of those versions of songs that are just sort of out there that people either don't know, which a lot of younger people might not know this song, or people who are more uh, closer to my age, they might have forgotten about this song. And it's just a killer version, and I think she does a great job. In that same vein of either young people not knowing or older forgetting, this is definitely, we're talking like 10 years ten years later, but for any of like the Kelly's Gen Z fans, or it wasn't even that big of a song, I have a song from 2001 next on my list. It's a two-hit wonder. <laughs> it is Blue Cantrell, Hit em Up Style, Oops. Yep. And, you know, I mean, a lot of Kelly fans are also, including us, are big music fans in general. So as I say that, a lot of people listening might be like, well, obviously I know that song. It's not a, it was a big, it was a pretty big song at the time from my memory, but it's not something that like you'll hear at like bars and clubs nowadays. It's one of those kind of forgotten songs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Blue Cantrell only had like two, maybe two, I think maybe two or three songs max. Um, she had the one with Sean Paul and she had this, um, maybe she's had more, I don't know what she's been up to in the last 20 years, but (laughs) this was a song I was very intrigued to see that Kelly was going to be covering because I was like, this is not her sound at all. Like, what are they going to, how are they going to pull this off? And when you hear it, 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 it clicks. It makes sense. She nails it. And I just thought it was so much fun and I think this is a performance that they actually had uh, Tito Jackson play with them on. 
That sounds which, familiar, yeah. I'm pretty sure this was the one, which I thought added a, a really cool element. So if you're not familiar with the song, the original, definitely recommend checking her out. Blue Cantrell, B-L-U, I think that's how she spells her name. Yep. Um, very good vocalist. I don't know what happened to her. Um, I would have thought she would have come out with more stuff, but this was definitely her biggest hit and just a nice little sentimental, you know, Y2K flashback. I think it's from 2001, actually, not 2000, but you get the gist. Yeah. Great performance. Absolutely. Good choice. Uh, my next choice comes one from one of the songs of the infamous 80s week that she did. Ooh. Uh, there were some great performances that week, but this song maybe is not a song that you might remember being from the 80s week episodes, and that is her cover of Ronnie Millsap's I Wouldn't Have Missed It for the World. Ronnie Millsap Ooh, is a blind country singer, was a blind country singer, um, had some huge, huge hits. She actually covered him twice this year. I loved both of her covers. She also did Smoky didn't Mountain we just Rain. Talk about, yeah, we, I was like, didn't we just talk about him? Yeah, okay. we were just yeah, we were just talking about uh Ronnie Millsap not long ago on the podcast. But um yeah, she did Smoky Mountain Rain and I wouldn't have missed it for the world, which I when I was first getting exposed to music, I was getting exposed to music from the fifties and sixties and also classic country. Those are my first genres that I got exposure to. And I remember listening to a lot of Dolly Parton, Hank Williams, um, Patsy Cline, Crystal Gale, and Ronnie Millsap. And I remember loving so many of these songs of his. And I still, to this day, love a lot of his music. And when I saw she was going to be doing this song, I was just, I knew it was going to be one of my favorites of the year. You know, and I know a lot of times people have a difficult time attaching themselves to songs that they don't know or artists that they're unfamiliar with. But a good song is a good song, regardless of who sings it. Um, I think case in point is Trampoline from the Kelly album. Not a lot of people know the original artist, but they did a fantastic song that was a big hit on the radio, and Kelly made a great cover of it. Ronnie Millsap is very much the same way. He was a massive star in the country world, and had some huge, huge hits, and this was one of them, and I thought she did such a wonderful job on this. It was such a treat to see it during the 80s week because it would be so stereotypical and easy to go with the 80s new wave pop yeah. songs that you would have seen on MTV that week, and she kind of chose to veer to the left and go country, like 80s country that week and I loved that she did that and so that's the reason I picked that song good choice I have I think it's from 80s week but it is it is a stereotypical song but I'm gonna pick it anyway I think it was part of the 80s week I might be wrong but I chose Edge of 17 yep that was the uh that was the song she did on Friday of that week good memory uh Stevie Nicks Edge of 17 I as the millennial here I will admit it took me a very long time, and I'm going to say in the last maybe 10 years, that that riff, the da 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 I yep. thought that was an original Destiny's Child, Bootylicious <laughs> riff. I'm not going to lie. Like, I will call myself out. It was probably in the last 10 years that I discovered Edge of 17, and I'm like, oh, Beyonce didn't come up with that. <laughs> My bad. Um and then Miley Cyrus gave it, I think we may have spoken about this recently, Miley Cyrus kind of gave it a new life to 
a lot of Gen Z when she did her Midnight Sky Edge of Seventeen mashup a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, going back to Kelly, I'm very glad she did this. Same thing, kind of like Rolling in the Deep. I thought it was good to stick to the original because it's just so iconic. And she didn't like, you know, copy every note exactly, which I think was what made this karaoke special. If she, if if any artist covers a song exactly like the original, it's lazy, and they never do that. Yeah. So, um, I don't have a ton of notes. It's a great performance. I watch it a lot, and she looked like a total rock star, and she sounded like one. And I would love for this to be. If there's a second karaoke EP, I would love a full length version of this. Nice. Yeah. Bold. Bold. Uh, my next choice is an artist that Kelly has not covered a whole lot of times. She's only ever covered her on the talk show. And it's an artist that I really, really love. And I would love to hear Kelly do some more of her songs. And that's Casey Musgraves. Ooh. Casey is such. That was my short list. Yeah. Casey is such an excellent songwriter. And I absolutely loved um, her first two records. So very yes. good. And one of my favorite songs from Golden Hour was the first single, High Horse. And Kelly did a cover of that song this year, and I thought she did such a good job. I love the two of them together. I love a Casey and Kelly thing together. Um, I was just blown away. This is another one of those uh, Kelly Okies that's on my watch later on YouTube saved playlist. Um, it's such a good song. Just on like normally, like Casey's version is so good. Uh, and Kelly does it justice for sure. Um, am I trying to say it's the best performance of the year? No, but it's just a really fun, awesome version of the song. And again, I'm very surprised that Kelly has not covered more of Casey's stuff, especially um, from her debut album. I would have loved to have heard some stuff from there because I believe she did. She also did Breadwinner in season three. Breadwinner was on my short list. Yeah. And then uh, I think she did Rainbow last year which is a beautiful casey musgrave song if you don't know it um but that's it that's that's all she's done and there's some other really really good casey musgraves out there that i would love to hear kelly uh maybe try take a shot at in season four i'm not gonna be the person's like that's gonna say oh the first album was the best because i think her casey's sound has changed so much over the years which i think is really cool and really important for an artist but there's something about that debut album, um, same trailer, different park. There's something about that that's just so good. Mm-hmm. It is so good. It's so pure, so raw. And Kelly does kind of have a, you know, six degrees relationship to Casey. Yeah. Aside from being just both singers. But, um, you know, um, Ashley Arison, who is very good friends with Kelly in the Kelly world. Kelly's done stuff with her before is also very good friends with Casey and same with Shane McAnally. I think he worked on a lot of that album. Yep. Um, so there is like a lot of connections there. K- Casey kind of performed at a Kelly show once um, miracle <laughs> on Broadway, 2014. It was, it, I don't remember if the, what's the, what's the album with her? Like she's like a pageant queen on the front. Is that what it's called? Pageant material. Pageant material. I don't remember if that album was out yet. It might have been in between that and same trailer, different park, but it was around that era. But um, Casey performed at Miracle on Broadway the first year. She sang one song. 
she sang Feliz Navidad. <laughs> Which I thought was really funny and really which, awesome. Which she but... ultimately ended up putting on, I believe she put on her Christmas record. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot she had a Christmas album. So she's been like always in a little bit of the Kelly world, but they've never done anything together. And I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. I There are so many songs that I would love for Kelly to do of Casey. Like Biscuits. I would love to hear her do that. Oh. I'd love to hear her do Dime Store Cowgirl. That'd be good. Even, I mean, follow your arrow. I mean, come on. Mer- that merry-go-round. Yeah. Like, I feel like they would. They she would kill them all. She'd do such a good job. Oh, so good, so good, so good. All right, I got two more on my list. I don't know about you. How many do you have? I got plenty, but go ahead. Okay, I got two more. The first one I have is ninety-nine red balloons. Um, and this was one that I was like, oh, it'll be a little throwback, but it was. Correct me if I'm wrong. I was doing a little detective work. Did they put this out like right as the Ukraine stuff started to happen? I don't know if that was coincidental or not. I, I think you're correct. I think the the timing of the release of the song was very deliberate. Yeah. Um, for people who are not familiar, Jeremy, you may know way more about this. But this, the original song, I mean, it's originally a German song. But correct. But they've done... English variations. It's a protest song. Yep. Um, so it seemed very, it was a little, you see, normally I would think this is a really fun song to watch, but just knowing when they released it, it was a little eerie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was very smart and very um, honorable to put it out. But going to the song itself, it starts off really slow, like the original does. And um, with Kelly and Jason and that's pretty much it. Keys, maybe some synth. I'm not really up to date on my instruments, but it's very vocal focused. And then all of a sudden, the band comes in, and that's like the fun bit that we all know and we love to dance around to and make it very upbeat. But then it has a very abrupt stop, and the audience thinks the song finished. It's like, nope, they wrap it up again to make it a very sad, creepy, um, dystopian ending. Yep. And... She just sounds flawless, and it's it really pulls on the heartstrings, especially when you know the the background behind the song. So I think they did a great job with it, and kudos to producers for this. Absolutely. Nice choice. Um, Thank you. My next choice is a cover of the Wham! classic, Careless Whisper. Oh, we were. Good uh, one. It's funny because I remembered that they covered this song this season on the show when we were talking to Kyle because – we got to talking about the most well-known or famous sax solos or sax lines in popular music. And Kyle's dad did the sax solo on Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. And when we were talking about that song and we were mentioning, you know, best sax lines in uh, any song, he mentioned Careless Whisper. And it reminded mm-hmm. me that they covered this song, although, interestingly enough, they didn't use a saxophone when they covered it, they actually had Jocko play the saxophone part on guitar and they gave the the version sort of a, a bit of a Spanish flair. Um, you know, there was some slide guitar in there. Kyle's on the upright and it was a really, really cool version of the song. A really neat interpretation, nice arrangement, great vocal, of course. I really liked the whole package of this version of the song uh, one that you know so many people know and that so many people have heard over and over again it was nice to hear this 
sort of different take on the tune. And just the fact that it had this sort of like Spanish undertone made, made it feel like a completely brand new song. I think it was smart of them to change it up a little bit so it didn't seem a little like, for lack of a better term, like a little bit like meme worthy, you know? Yeah. It's like the song can get like some it, it, it can get made fun of sometimes, even though I think it's an incredible song. But like you see it a lot, like get used jokingly. And um, I think the fact that they changed it up slightly was cool that they made it into like a new version. So yeah. good choice. Yeah, I remember I saw on a website somewhere um, there's a, somebody said, you know, is it the best Careless Whisper cover ever? Oh. Because she. Because she made it like her very own version, which, you know, I just yeah. absolutely loved. Interesting. Yeah. Ooh, very interesting. Food for thought. All right. My last song, which I feel like you may have on your list, TBD. I don't know. Okay. It is my fellow Jersey boy, Jack Antonoff, a.k.a. Bleachers, with I Want to Get Better. Was that on yours? Uh, short list, but not on the main list. Short list. Okay. I will admit, the first time I watched this, I was like, okay, they did a good job. Everyone was obsessed with it. And I'm like, I like it. I don't really see the big deal. And then I had to watch it again and again and again. I'm like, guys, I get it now. I get it. I'm on board. (laughs) And I was the same way with uh, Never Enough from The Greatest Showman. I didn't like – I was like, okay about it at first. And then I had to listen and listen. And I'm like, guys, I get it now. It's incredible. (laughs) So that's how I feel about this. And, like, I want to get better. It The original song, like, it's not a song that you think of for having stellar vocals. It's not bad vocals, but it's – you like the song because it gets you in a good mood and it's fun and it has very, like, angry and, like, aggress- a little bit of a, like, aggressive lyrics that you just want to, like, scream and sing. And I think that's what really gravitates people in. They made it really, really, really fun. Um and then she brings out that cool mic effect that I love that they have in like medicine, which makes it even a thousand times cooler. And this has to be on a next karaoke with all the bells and whistles. I think she would do so well. And I'm itching for a full length version. Itching. Well, I mean, look, I mean, Kelly's got a, a past relationship with Jack, so I wouldn't be surprised. Does uh, she? Yeah, yeah, he's the two of them have worked together. I they actually performed at a show together. Cause I oh, was, they did that Atlanta was, show, right? Yep, yeah, I was at the Atlanta show that they uh, they were That's both there. Right. That's right. You were you and you and Ashley were there, and I think Moni was there as well. Yeah, and uh, another uh, friend, Lauren, as well. We're all there. Yeah, that was the place to be. Apparently, apparently, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Jack Antonoff, um, he grew up right near me, so we have that. In, in common. And if people don't remember, uh, in addition to his work with Bleachers, Jack Andonoff was also in the band Fun, uh, which and had fun, you yep. know a couple of really, really big, massive hits uh, of their own. Yep. So he is no slouch when it comes to making great tunes. I mean, he's worked with everyone. He's worked with Lord, I think like Lord and Taylor Swift, and yep. he has an insane background. So mm-hmm. I, oh my God, if if they collaborated and did like, like a Jack Antonoff produced or like even if he did like a couple tracks, not just like taking the credit for the whole album, him and Jason working together. Wow. You know, you I, would be interesting. You, you cause I started to think about this as you, as you floated that out there. And I don't know if 
I'm starting to wonder if I'm getting a little territorial and I don't know if I want Kelly working with anybody else when it comes to producers. I mean, well, don't get me wrong. Like Jack Ananoff would do an excellent album with her, but Jason, I think has proven himself both with his previous work and with his work on the talk show. And then I think he really proved himself with the Kelly Oki album. Totally. That he, he knows how to produce Kelly. Like I think that Jason needs to have at the very least a producer credit on every Kelly record from here to the end of time. If not a co EP credit on every album because he knows how to record Kelly and he needs to be in the room every time someone is doing it because he knows how to do it right. He knows how to capture her voice uh, in, in all the senses better than anybody else. But I mean, isn't it like when you put out an album like Kelly's caliber, we'll say, obviously Jason is like the driving producer for the, like most of it. Um, but they have other kinds of producers working on the songs, don't they? They do, yeah. I mean, there's there's executive producers, which I mean, a lot of times an executive. That's, some people don't even have; they don't have no music. They they just work at the yeah, label or yeah, whatever. It, you know, ex- yeah. Executive producer credits are almost always ceremonial, more so yes. than like they weren't like the main producer on the album that like did everything and did all the work. I mean, Clive, you know, Clive Davis wasn't in the damn studio when. She was making yeah. thankful, like, you know, but yet he gets the EP credit and he gets more money for doing that. By the way, you get an EP credit, you can get some more money for that. Um, so, and you know, and, and Kelly is, you know, the executive producer of the Kelly Clarkson show amongst other people. Now, yes, she has a lot of say in what's going on, but she's not back there, like helping to mix the sound Running. and helping to edit yeah. and doing all that stuff. Yeah. No, she's not doing all that. So, I mean, I think there's room at the table for everyone, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Because they found something that works. I, I think I'm just being territorial because I, you know. You're allowed to be. Because, you know, Jason produced the Smokestack Sessions, and even he has said, it's not my best work. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just figuring things out. I was trying things. And there is a distinct difference between the production totally. of the Smokestack versus the Kelly Oki record. In the in those like I don't know ten plus years, Jason figured it out. Like he figured out how to yeah. do it. And you know, again, I, and I hate to keep going back to like the interview episodes that we have, but Kyle said it himself. He says that Jason, his vocal capture of Kelly is so good. He knows exactly the way that Kelly needs to be recorded. And I guess I'm just fearing that there's going to be these other producers. By the way, I swear I have another song to, to talk about. It's just we, we're going down this <laughs> rabbit hole about producers. Um, other producers, we've heard in the past, you know, they they record Kelly in such a way that they um, they they overdo it. You know, they what am I trying to say? They overprocess her vocals. They tamp down the intensity of her voice. And it's hard to say, oh, yeah, let's go back to people who might overproduce her versus the guy that's over here who knows exactly where to put all the levels to make her sound absolutely yeah. flawless. Because, I I mean, if Kelly Clarkson were to never make another album, and this, is, this is about to be a super hot <gasps> take, hot take alert here, okay? <sighs> hot take alert. If Kelly Clarkson were to never make another album in her career, then I would die on the hill that Kelly Oki is the best 
produced album of her career. And yes, you you won't produced, you won't yes. be able to fight me on it. It is vocally, it is the best sounding album of her career. Forget about the the songs that she's singing. Step back from the lyrics. Step back from the music. Yep. Listen, listen to how her voice is captured, and then go and listen to. I mean, you don't even have to go back a long way to like you know how because recording has changed from 2003 when she did Thankful to Meaning of Life. Just go back and listen to Meaning of Life. The vocal sounds different, and that yes, the technology has evolved over time, but. It's a different vocal capture on Kellyoki, and that's the sound. Me as a fan, speaking personally, that's the sound I want. That's the sound that I want to hear her on every album, not the covers and all that. That's the sound. Like you, you, you have to be able to separate the vocals of like what she's saying and listen to how it's being captured. And it will change your perspective completely on an album. The last thing I will say is that I was just looking up the When Christmas Comes Around credits. There were technically four producers on that album. Yeah. So that's what – and one of them being Aben. So like that's – and Jesse Shacken and someone named Joseph Trapanese. So that's what I'm saying about like, you know, Jason taking the lead because he knows what he's doing. But like would be cool for an – like a collaboration with Jack in that sense, because as we, there are four on that. Kalioki, yeah. I don't really know the the liner notes because Wikipedia doesn't really have any, but that's kind of where I was getting at. But I fully agree with you. I fully, yeah. I totally do. I understand you being territorial because you're yeah. right. I mean, here's another juxtaposition, and then I'll move on to my song. I don't mean to pick on this album, but listen again. Try as best you can. Listen to the vocal capture of Kelly Oki and then listen to My December. Again, I I understand we're talking about a 14, 15 year discrepancy in technology, uh, everything, Te- technique. Those two albums sound like a demo tape and The Professionals. It's night and day different. And this is this is why this is my one big problem that I have with the My December album is that it, I think it was produced very poorly. It's nothing against the people who did it, because I think a lot of those people were either early in their careers in producing or they just they were still tweaking and learning. But Kelly Oki, I think as far as production of her and her voice, her vocal instrument, that is the gold standard of how Kelly Clarkson should be recorded. And everyone who produces her from here forward should take notice and take notes. All right. Mic drop. Yes. All right. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go down that road, but I had it had to be said. So there it is. All right. Um, Man, I've got like 10 other songs that I wrote down because there were so many good. I'll save them. How many have you done so far? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine. So this is 10. This will be 10. Perfect. I, I did 10. You did 10. Perfect. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to choose Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol. I liked that Ooh, cover a lot. I liked it a lot. I it, it's That was a song that was ripe for a Kelly Clarkson cover. I mean, it just was. Totally. 
It's it's one of those just excellent pop songs. And you you could almost see it coming a mile away that she was going to cover that song. And I'm not, I, I don't know if I would want a full version. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of songs on our list that were both said and unsaid that I would love to hear full versions of. This isn't one of them. It was an excellent Kelly Clarkson show, Kelly Oki cover. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I thought it was the quality was good enough that it made my list. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if we were numbering them, I would maybe say it was number 10. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So let's go down our list again of what we chose. Mine is not in the order I said because I flip flopped a ton. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what order I said. But in order of what's on my laptop, my list is Meet Me at Our Spot by The Anxiety, Crazy by Aerosmith, I Want to Get Better by Bleachers. 99 Red Balloons by, is it Nina? Nina. Is that yep. how you say it? Nina? Okay, great. Um, Show Me What I'm Looking For by Carolina Liar. Vincent by Don McLean. Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks. Uninvited by Alanis Marset. Rolling in the Deep by Adele. And Hit Him Up Style Oops by Blue Cantrell. And my list was Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. She Used to Be Mine by Sarah Bareilles. Uh, what Have You Done For Me Lately by Janet Jackson, Chasing Cars by Snow Patrol, I Wouldn't Have Missed It For The World by Ronnie Millsap, High Horse from Casey Musgraves, King of Wishful Thinking by Go West, Show Me What I'm Looking For by Carolina Liar, Ironic by Alanis Morissette, and Careless Whisper from Wham. All right, guys. Let us know what you think of our picks. Were there any blatant ones that we left out from season three? Let us know. Yeah. We're always curious. And we're, I think the beauty of, you know, season four coming in a couple of weeks is that we'll have a brand new list in a couple of months for you guys. Yes. Because this is something that I find really fun. And I can't believe it's taken us, oh my gosh, like nine months to continue <laughs> to do like a new, <laughs> a new one of these. Yeah. But I'm glad we did it. Speaking of uh, season four, did we get the hint via the sweepstakes? That the first Kelly Oki of two of season four is a Janet Jackson song. Did I see that right? So, you know, I have to pull out my phone, but like it looked like it said it was like part of premiere week. Okay. Oh, which artist is part of season four premiere week? Kelly Oki medley. Oh, it's a medley. So everyone said Janet, but it's a medley. So it could be Madonna. I mean, Marilyn Monroe, not likely. No, but um, they said it medley. So we would probably assume it would be the first episode because I think they already recorded that. Yes. But we don't like to assume things. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that Janet has some sort of connection. I'm curious. Curious as to what song it would be. Well, and also because they said that the with the sweepstakes to win tickets to the uh the premiere week in new york they didn't say that you had to have a correct answer if you read the rules you don't have to have the correct answer just by answering that's your entry into the contest so i wouldn't be surprised if both madonna and janet jackson are a part of the medley yeah i that could be that'd be very interesting yeah and i don't know if they're gonna do it kind of like how they did it last year where they do a lot of the pre-tape although they did the pre-tape in new york last year with Kristen chenoweth Yep. Um, I thought, or maybe they did that in LA. No, I thought it was New York. I think they did it in Columbus Circle. Mm-hmm. And then they like tied it into the first episode. So because they've already recorded this, it seems, I don't really know what they're going to do. But we'll know soon enough. Yes. 
All right, team. So as always, if you listen to us on Apple, we would really appreciate if you can leave us a rating and review. Um, really helps us in the algorithm. So when people search Kelly's name on the Apple Podcast app, they'll be able to find us. And same thing on Spotify. If you can leave us a rating there, that would be greatly appreciated. And uh, you can find us on all the socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Miss Into Podcast. And until next week, have a great week, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com. 